what is the difference between violence, counter-violence, and non-violence? That was the question. Okay. And it gives answer. Violence is any willful and deliberate act that is designed and intended to do unjust harm. That's violence. Counter-violence is any act that is intended to stop or counteract those who willfully and deliberately do unjust harm. Now, that's under the banner of counter-racism. Yes. All right, and fighting racism. So, that's in the ninth area of activity. War, counter-war. War itself, in the system of white supremacy, white supremacy is the only war going on on the planet right now. That's the war. Everything else is a battle. It is small battles. Uh, minor conflicts and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Small conflicts, large conflicts. I mean, so-called husband and wife, I mean, shouting at each other. That's, 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 you know, that's, that's, that's not constructive. So war is anything. Anytime somebody's doing anything that's non-constructive, that's a form of war. Really, if they're doing it deliberately. Uh, but the biggest war, the one that really fits the description of war, is the war between those who believe in racism and those who don't. That's okay. the only real war. Everything else is a battle. Mookie, they killed him. They killed Radio Raheem! Raheem! And this is They Killed Radio Raheem. And we have uh, the beautiful brother Samir uh, Helen from Los Angeles to uh, uh, give us some insight. So you was feeling that, that there's a need for for a re-education, a changing of the narratives, um, or the narrative in general concerning uh, black men and masculinity and um, and our response to, 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 to violence. Um, what, what, what's your take? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, as far as this narrative that we have that, you know, we have to accept physical terrorism, physical violence, physical mistreatment, you know, and, and and if we respond to that physical violence and that physical terrorism, that we are, you know, bad people, or we are, uh, you know, being like the 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 white oppressors, you know, race soldiers who are doing this killing to us, and beating to us, this terrorizing to us, whether it's in the form of killing or whether it's in the form of just physical abuse, maiming us, uh, you know, physically that, you know, if we counter that or respond to that, you know, this whole concept of, you know, we're being like them, uh, you know, that's not the way for us to be, or, you know, that's, you know, uh, you know, that's, we're on the wrong side of, of 
justice if we respond to that type of cruelty. So is, is that incorrect? Like, like when they say that you should be bigger than them, is is that uh, incorrect in your uh, in your observations? In my personal opinion, yes, it is. It's very incorrect. I mean, we as a people, historically, we have example after example after example how that has not served us. You know, it's just like I was telling my, um, a, a, a young brother, I was talking to him, my neighbor, you know, and we were talking about Dr. King, you know, the, the dear reverend, <clears throat> you know, is that, you know, one of the key things that they leave out about Dr. King, my personal observation and analysis of our struggle and, our, and his role in it, you know, is that <clears throat> who I believe did good work, I disagree with his philosophical stance and nonviolence, but I think something that we have to focus on, like the people that we don't focus on, is that, yes, this man was the Prince of Peace. This man didn't believe in this, he didn't believe in that, and they killed him. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, how is that really working for us? You know what I'm saying? Because one of the, like we talk about Dr. King is that he died a natural death. You know, he died old man. Even on the anniversary of King and King Day, when people talk about him, it's as if, you know, you think he died in his sleep or something. You know, the fact that he was assassinated is never even spoken on anymore. You know, I don't know if you caught that, but I, that's something I noticed years ago that when they talk about Dr. King, his death is never discussed. It's just, oh, you know, he had this dream. He had this idea. He had this concept. Yeah. And then they were really talking about the other idea of the concept that he was speaking on closer to the end of his life. So you the think that, that... Favorite favorite. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, like you say, he believed integrated black people to a burning house. So I'm just saying this, this concept that we being like them, I think it's, 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 it's something that we have to change because doing this, taking this peaceful measure like that this is the bigger way to be, this is the bigger person. It hasn't stopped any genius. So what what would be a um an alternative? Resistance to that physical misabuse, to that physical mistreatment. The same alternative that people like Robert Williams took, you know, Fatty Lou Haber, Ida B. Wells, you know. People who lived and got old and died, you know, uh, many people, you know, it's important for us to know that even from a historical analysis, the structure of our people, like I said, there was other movements that took place. It wasn't just the nonviolent movement that took place. Everyone, when you do a critical analysis of our people's struggle, the, the Civil Rights Bill by LBJ was signed as a result of black people rising up. So, you know, and so it had to, hey, man, we got to give these people something because they're no longer accepting this type of mistreatment. You know, God and Kennedy, and it's for historical analysis, it's for black people that's listening. Go listen to the Battle of the Bullet speech by Malcolm X because it's a perfect breakdown of history as well because he's giving you the history in that lecture of what took place at that time mm-hmm. and what made people want to get active to start trying to give black folks something. It wasn't because of the, the, the nonviolence. No, black people started to catch a fire, man. And they started standing up for themselves. 
and doing things on that nature. So then the sister started saying, hey, man, you know, we got to start giving people something. Now, of course, the crumbs that was given put our fire out and silenced a lot of us, you know what I'm saying, and started making us think it was all good, you know. But that is what happened as a result of that. And it was the, the group of people that you don't even hear about and who was standing up and making moves that made the system start saying, hey, man, we got to do something. Because things that they couldn't keep doing the stuff they were doing because they was meeting the resistance. So that, that's what I was saying. Resistance to that mistreatment is a good start. Okay, so you, you feel that we've internalized a, a strategy from the, uh, from the Negro Civil Rights era that included uh, nonviolence as as a, as a tactic, that that yes. that they could expose the injustice of, of this particular system through nonviolent protests. So now 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 your observation is that somehow everyday uh, 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 black men and women have have embodied this this misconception that we should live non nonviolently. And therefore, we find ourselves in these uh, these violent situations from people that don't fear us. Exactly. So, how would that look? Exactly. I mean, because it seems like we live in violent um, living spaces, courtesy to to, to gang banging and 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 poverty. How, how how would that look if we took on a um? I don't know um, what would be the opposite of a nonviolent approach, but how would that look? It will look the same way as, as you like you said, in your in your neighborhoods, in your communities. It'll look the same way. Just like you wouldn't let, you know, Devontae from up the street choke you out and choke you to death and choke you to you violent on yourself and you fall asleep. Just like you will fight him back and you will do everything in your power to not let him choke you to death. It's the same thing when a race soldier does that. You do that same thing. That's what that's how that works. So you saying apply what we've applied throughout grade school, just just continue that um, or, or refine that process. If somebody uh, harms you or attempts to harm you, be be in a position to defend yourself. Exactly. And you feel that that's been you lost. And yes, most definitely, I feel that has been lost, and that's why it keeps happening. You know, right now we see. You know, it's the frustration is, is 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 back to that point, and we'll see many of our youth out here that's putting it down right now, and they tired of it. You know, and they, and what I'm saying is that we don't need to put their fire out. We don't need to tell them that they're wrong. We don't need to tell them that they shouldn't be that way. No, if anything, we need to develop you know law organizations within ourselves that we can buy lawyers for them or we can have money to bail them out, or whatever that needs to take place for them standing up for their humanity and defending their human rights to exist. So this is in um, to, in police contact in particular? Huh? Is this in response to police um, treatment in particular? Or are you saying just... Yes, in, absolutely. Oh, okay, I hear what you're saying. All right. I'm saying police mistreatment, mistreatment from anybody. But in particularly, I'm speaking to police mistreatment, uh, white vigilante mistreatment. I'm talking about anyone of European descent specifically right now. What I'm speaking to is specifically 
But I believe it's a universal principle. It's the reason why I'm not speaking about us, because I believe we got that lesson with each other. We're not going to let another black person do us like that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? We not we already got that lesson. So I, it ain't no need to me to speak on that. We already got that lesson. We're not going to let Jerome, or like I said, Tyrone, or Devontae, <laughs> or Malik, or, you know, Raheem. We ain't going to let nobody... So who do you feel that we're actually what what and who are we dealing with? Like like um in regards to uh you mentioned race soldiers, you mentioned um uh any European, like what 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 is the psychology uh, of them in interacting with us from 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 uh from your vantage point? It's a psychopathic mentality. And I'm basing that off the works of, you know, uh Dr. Bob Wright and I'm basing that off the works of, you know, Andy Fuller Jr. and Amos Wilson and Dr. Wilson, but specifically the term psychopathic. I'm using that from Dr. Bobby Wright, like he talks about. It's a psychopathic racist personality, how they're identical with the mentality of a psychopath. And I recommend anybody go get that book, read it, study it, read it to your children, read it to the woman, your man, vice versa. Share with your church, your, your mass, your, your religious groups, your fraternities, your political, cultural organizations. Every black person should read that book, as far as I'm concerned, because it's it's a psychopathic personality of the white races. They have a psychopathic personality, and that personality that they believe they have the right to mistreat you. As a psychopath does, that's what makes a psychopath a psychopath. They believe they got the right to do what they never did do to anyone. And they feel no remorse. And they don't feel no empathy. They don't feel that they're wrong. And that's what we have to stop doing. Stop expecting remorse from these people. They keep showing us over and over again they have none. So why do we keep looking for that? There is none there. That's the that's the clinical definition of a psychopath, and it's identical with the mentality and the worldview of a white supremacist. A white supremacist is the same mentality of a psychopath. A psychopath does not have the ability to show empathy. A psychopath does not have the ability to consider what they did as wrong. They believe in anything. They have the right to do what they did, and that they should have did what they did because the person that there was their victim deserved what they deserved and got what they deserved, excuse me, and that they had to do it. And that's what had to be done and everyone should be okay with that. I mean, does that 
Does that sound like a white supremacist view? I mean, that, that to me, it sounds very identical. Because when you look at how to defend the actions that they've done, so I'm saying with us, let's stop. You know, why are they being that way? That, why is that going on? Why was that psychopathic? Know that. Understand that. Understand what you're dealing with and act accordingly. So when, when with the issue of police uh, mistreatment in particular, abuse and terror, um, your recommendation in, in, in interacting with them is what? My recommendation when interacting with them is I uh, use the concept of like Mr. Fuller uses, you know, often, like you say, when you deal with a situation with a race soldier, you know, it's man, name, rank, file number, man. You know, you give them your ID, you comply, give them whatever they ask you for. That's what it is. Don't argue with them, <clears throat> you know, don't fuss with them, don't fight with them, you know, don't do anything. Just give them what they ask for your name. Uh, from that perspective, you know what I'm saying? What I also, I have the opinion of a Huey Newton and a Bobby Seale, that you got a right to defend yourself. So, you know, when you're in, you're in a situation where the way you're dealing with a, a police, I'm not telling you to act belligerent and hostile or ignorant to do anything that'll get yourself killed. But also, I'm going to say is that you don't have to be doing any of that stuff to get yourself killed by these people. You can be complying and you can be doing this. So I'm saying, yeah, you start off complying. You doing what you, you know, don't be smart. I'm not giving no personal advice to nobody to be stupid about nothing. You know, you comply, you do whatever needs to be done. But what I'm saying is that you get to the point where you see this person is trying to kill you and harm you. And I'm saying that you, as far as for me, this is how I view myself. And, I would, and I'll give this say to advice to black people. Because they claim they, you know, we all claim we spiritual. We got different names for the creator. But I'm going to say, hey, man, you got a God given right to your existence. You know, your life was given to you by your God, whatever you call him. Your life was given to you by that, or whatever you call your creator. You know what I'm saying? You got the right to maintain that life like any other creation on this planet. So uh, I'm saying, you know, when you are in a position, where you clearly see that someone is trying to take your life, or you fear they're trying to take your life, or bring harm to your life, I'm saying you have you know, every right within your life given to you by your, to defend and protect your life. That's what I'm saying. And do that. Because just like you'll do that, like I said, that's what I say. I don't believe we have to teach about that with our people. We know to do that with our people. We teach our kids that all the time. I know my parents tell me that. Oh, man, if somebody trying to take something from you, man, fight them back. And if they're bigger than you, pick up a stick and fight them with that stick. So where did that come from? Where that 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 um that lesson stops with white authority? Where Where did that... Where, who embedded or socialized that into us? The plantation culture, and they got passed down. You know, that's for my, what my personal studies show me. I, I relate that back to the white Christ. You know, God is white. You don't want to do nothing to God. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's, it's, that's a very wide answer. 
And it's, you know, depending on what school of thought you're from, you know, it's a lot of work out there. You know, but I, I, I have to agree with Dr. Francis Crest Wilson. Like she said, she's like the great white supremacy. And like she said, I give white supremacy an A plus for putting themselves in the image of God. And subconsciously in the psyche of black people, they believe they can't do nothing to God. So that still applies. I definitely believe that still applies. Because even without even without the concept of the white imagery of God, as a child, we learn through everything through society. Yeah, that's part of that dominant culture, yeah. Yeah, they part of that dominant culture. And not only are they part of the dominant culture, they're part of the good culture. White people do all things good. You know, Mm. we will grow up watching the Brady Bunch, you know, when we say even our modes of success, my brother. Oh, I live where the white folks live at. <laughs> I got white man money. Oh man, I'm out here making white man money. You know, yeah, like that lost Negro, Little Wayne sitting up talking about. You see that white man holding the camera over there filming me? You dumb Negro. That white man belongs to a system that'll give him the right to crush your rich black mind. Mm-hmm. You understand? You know, I got white man money. No, you don't. A white man pays you your money. How you got white man money? A white man's paying you, fool. But you got white man money. So See, we the- don't even reflect these ridiculous comments we make. Mm-hmm. So even in situations where... Um- there's witnesses with cameras to, let's say, uh, uh, police terror in particular. You feel that uh, one of the things that's that's stopping a community response, a collective response, or just plain help in those type of lynchings is that paralysis is internal, or is it, or, or 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 is it consistent with how they were raised? I mean, what what are we dealing with? I know that you said change the, the narrative. I know that you said let, we have to re-educate, re-educate ourselves, but what about these witnesses that seem to freeze when um when there's an obvious you know um, lynching taking place? Yeah, that's again that's that education I'm talking about because we've been educated that you know we're not supposed to do nothing to these people. And then we educated too, like, oh, that's just them being them. You see, even we as that's what we tell ourselves, oh, when when they go low, you go high. See, we're educating ourselves that when they act like that, that's just how they're supposed to act, man. They just be in themselves. Hmm. So we need to just be ourselves, and that's accepting acting low. You going high is only you dying. You go high and resulting in your wife being a widow, your parents mourning, your brothers losing a brother, your sister losing a brother, <laughs> your nieces and nephews losing the uncle. It's constant of us going high. See, we, we that's what I'm saying. We've been we've been so educated that these people have that they are supposed to do that. That they just being who they are, man. That's just them. And we've been educated to thinking that we have to just accept that. 
So yeah, it's an internal struggle. That's why I was saying we got to re-educate ourselves. We got to re-change. We got to change the narrative. We have to re-educate ourselves that no man, we don't accept mistreatment from anyone. Anyone, no one. You know what I'm saying? We don't accept mistreatment from anyone. You know, we we see that's the thing. We we teach our children it's okay. You know, man. You know, you gotta hit a you gotta hit a negro back. You ain't gotta do what you gotta do, man. And that's what you do. You know, it's just like. Most recently, I saw an example of this with this cat, and and, and I'm just bringing this up because it's a public situation, and I don't, I don't believe, you know, celebrities' words should be taken as something special because they're celebrities. But again, I also believe that's a tactic of the white supremacist media system that they try to use on celebrities against us to get us in a certain position. But it's just like recently, you know, uh, this cat. Mike Epps, you know, sitting up here, D.L. Hughley was talking about, well, you know, I'm still comfortable killing us because we kill us. So until we start killing us, they're not going to stop killing us. You know, which is, you know, with my thing. But this other comedian, Ari Spears, spoke to that issue. And, you know, he disagreed, and he spit the truth in that situation. In that situation, that, that ain't got nothing to do with white children. You know, and he, he ran the truth. But he mentioned how, you know, Mike Epps was calling him and threatening him. And, you know, nigga, when I see you, we going to squab. Or, nigga, let's hook up and let's, let's, let's fight. Like he said, man, I said, hold up, hold up, wait a minute. You know, you out here doing videos. Like, you know, just a point to what I'm talking about. Now, you're doing videos telling people these police shoes gotta stop and then people feel so comfortable killing us and we fight we we kill us and I disagree with you just as a black man I disagree with you and say that's not true but you are now you wanna fight me. You know what I'm saying? Well now you wanna fight me. He was exposing that and I thought that was worthy of being exposed. I look here dude you perpetuating the same stuff that you was claiming you was against. You see, this is this confusion that we get. And that's why I say it is a re-education process. Because, you know, you now you're ready to fight a black man for disagreeing with you about something that white people do to us, white race soldiers do to us, because he disagreed with you about what white terrorism is, now you want to fight him? You see what I'm saying? You know, yeah. you tell the cat from what he say, allegedly, let me throw that out there. Allegedly. For allegedly, that's just being just being fair. Allegedly, he made the claim that the brother was calling him, talking about, you know, oh, let's go head up in a boxing ring, gloves on, and everybody got be there. It's going to be me and you, but let's just get, we got to get the squad on. Why, man? Because he disagreed with you about something you said about white people. Yeah, so I mean, then it goes into um, a pushback because um, that that, that res- respectability politics, for instance, where they're saying like because they're uh, there's a, there's a school of thought amongst Negroes to say that they pay taxes, that they're a citizen, that that the Constitution applies to them, and that 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 they don't have to 
uh, act different in re- in regards to uh, the police. If the police need to be yelled at, then as citizens, regardless of color, they should be able to yell at them. Uh, whereas, as uh, in most Negro households, we're told to be overly courteous, you know, to try and view, uh, to avoid confrontation, to be um, to as to be as non-confrontational as possible. Some people are pushing back, but I don't know if this is what you mean because this is coming under more of um, like 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 Negroes have the right to be uh, belligerent if they want, and it shouldn't uh, result in murder. Whereas others are saying, "Hush your mouth and keep your hands on the steering wheel. Look forward." You understand what I'm saying? So they're trying to change the narrative, but it seems like your narrative shift is, is just a little further. Or a little different in some way. Uh, can can you expand on that? Absolutely. I'm saying that. Do not be under the illusion that you are American, because if you under the, if you was an American like you think, then this wouldn't be happening. You're not. You know what I'm saying? And you can say, "No, I'm American. I'm born here. Okay, cool." But what the main thing I want to emphasize here that you're black. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. These the well, see, that's another thing. I, like historically, we have to recognize, um, uh, you know, historically, you know, it's just something that we have to accept. We keep trying to dress it up. We keep trying to make, you know, eliminate our limits. But the reality is, like, you know, Doctor Francis Cross once said once again, you know, the black people who were brought here were brought here to be slaves. They was not brought here to be part of anything. So much so, the mother document of this country, the Constitution, say that, you know, you're not even a full human being. That you are referred to as property. That's what the Constitution of this country says. The Constitution says that you are not property. You know, you're not a, you know, you're not a full human. But didn't they sense amend that? I think people are going off of the uh, amended. Okay, version. an amendment. That's, yeah, that's an amendment. <laughs> yeah, because you the know, definition well, of, re- of respectability pot, um, politics would be the set of beliefs holding that conformity to socially accepted or mainstream standards of appearance and behavior will protect a member of a marginalized or minority group from prejudices and systematic injustices. So if you act right, then you won't have these problems. You Again, that, that. that's why I use it. That's a, a completely. That's why I said I use the example of Dr. King, who acted more better than him. This is the man who said he had a dream of little white girls and little black boys holding their hands. He had a dream of black people being judged by the content of their character versus the color of their skin. He promoted nonviolence. If you hit me, I'm going to love you. I'm going to pray for you. He practiced that. Stood on it. Talked about all these things, and he still got a bullet in his head. They still killed him. So, yeah, I disagree with that completely. The life of the story, the example of Dr. King, we should disagree with that. Alone. Who was, you know, this man was hella respectable. You know what I'm saying? He called to integrity, he called to morality. He called to, you know, let's, you know, deal with each other off character, which are beautiful things, beautiful concepts, beautiful ideas. You have beautiful dreams. 
That was that was a beautiful train. That was beautiful. <laughs> it really was, and I'm not trying to be funny. It was beautiful. Oh my gosh! Yeah, but the American Nightmare. You understand what I'm saying? It was it was greater, and it showed it. You know what I'm saying? It's like those was, those was real, all those was all noble goals, man. You understand what I'm saying? And with those was all noble goals. Yeah, man, we should we should ideally only judge people based off the content of their character, man. That's the ideal goal. That's you know that's yeah, that's great. But what happened? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But what happened? They killed that man. You understand what I'm saying? So this whole concept, and this is where I believe the people who push respectability politics upon black community, that they, they're they misleading black people, whether it's the teachers, the preachers, the, uh, whoever it is, whoever is teaching that, as this very misleading to black people. Because, like I said, we've been doing that for the longest, man. It's not working. It's not working. It's it's, it's it's been it's been it's been breeding the same results. Terrorism. So what would this uh what 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 would this in relationship to to police terror in relationship to just general mistreatment um, when it escalates to to physical violence? You're saying the narrative should no longer be nonviolence. But it should be a posture of uh, of um, if it if it escalates to a violent situation, we should be prepared to defend ourselves. Whereas you feel that currently, too many of us still have a resistance to the concept that self defense is is natural law. Like there's something in us that's stopping us from responding in the same way when any anybody else who is not white or 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 in a position of of authority we we tend to respond uh naturally in the sense of self defense is 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 the obvious answer to the situation absolutely i'm saying that that's exactly what i'm saying we have to re-educate ourselves because i don't want this limited to police you understand what i'm saying okay. I, I don't want this limited to them you know because I know for for black people that's like man that's our deal that's a big step you tell us to fight the police goddamn homie we can't do that you know I so I don't even want to get so caught up with using the term of police I want to just deal with the concept of white oppressors whatever they are whether they at your job whether they in 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 a uniform whether they uh, your neighbor. Whether they would ever let us come out of this psychological trauma that it's okay for these people to mistreat us and kill us and harm us and harass us. Uh, yes, we need to abandon that. We need to change that narrative because, like you said, man, we we, we need to do. We have to make that a universal principle of self-defense. You know, it's just period. You know, I remember I saw an elder who used to be a pastor, and I said, man, and I had 
it just increased my respect for this brother so much, you know, <laughs> because it was a situation where a, 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 a police officer was trying to oppress him, uh, was power tripping, and he was just laying into the uh, police officer, cussing him out, and just, you know, laying into him real heavy. And a, a, a black man was there and said, hey, brother, don't talk to him like that. Maybe that, that don't, don't, don't do that. You know, that's, that's, that's not the right way to do it. Don't do that. And, and it's part of my language, but he looked at him and he said, motherfucker, I'll talk to you like that if you did what he did, so I'm going to talk to him like that. <laughs> And he continued doing what he was doing. And for me, I just, and that was a, a epiphany for me. I was, you know, a younger man when I started. Man. And that's real. You see? And that's when I internalized that lesson. Because he told him, I would talk to you like that if you did me like that. So I could talk to him like that. And that's just period, man. We have to the same position that we will take with ourselves. Because like I said, we got a healthy concept of, uh, you know, what we're going to tolerate and what we ain't going to tolerate when it comes to our sins. You know, because white people also, they, they also program us that we can do that with each other, but we can't do that with them. That's what I said. We have to re-educate ourselves, right? So this is just another form um, or another expression of double consciousness, which uh, was expressed by Du Bois as being um, an internal conflict experienced by subordinated or colonized groups in oppressive society. You feel like this is another expression of that? Yeah. I, I think it's safe to say that. Yeah. I think it's safe to say that. And that's something that, you know, because that's what I'm speaking to, man. I mean, I've seen just growing up in LA, man. I've seen dudes do just goddamn extremely brave things. You know what I'm saying mm-hmm. to each other, man. And I've seen those same type of people that I've seen exhibit extremely brave things towards other cats in the neighborhood. You know. When a white man walked up and raised his voice, it's the complete opposite. <laughs> complete opposite. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I mean, complete opposite. You know what I'm saying? Cat, cat no in the hood, as we say, for knocking niggas out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No in the hood. The black, black, that was, you know, dropping cats. You know what I'm saying? White man roll up on the set, start slapping that boy on the face, everything. You know, goddamn, where your knockout at now, bro? You ain't got it no more. So is it is it is this an issue? Just to touch on 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 police mistreatment in particular. Um, isn't the fear that 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 if you respond in in physical violence, one that that you will be jailed, and then two you'll be murdered. Is that what's 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 keeping um, a, a natural response as in the form of self defense from happening? Yeah, I will say that. But see, the last thing is that you know 
And that's why I'm saying people gonna have to make the decision for themselves. You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying is like if we if we truly are tired of that, it comes but see but again, that's why I say, man, many of us we don't have a fear of jail when it comes to fighting each other. Mm. Many of us go to jail all the time for fighting each other. Some of us get killed for fighting each other. Police roll up, oh, some niggas fighting, blah, blah. So I'm saying it, it has to come a certain point where we, we that we gotta get over that. Now we talking about liberation. Now we talking about freedom. See, when we talk about end the police terrorism, we talking about liberation. That's one thing. Let's be clear. Let's be clear on that. We talking about liberation, and yeah, that gotta go. That fear of that it gotta go, man. If we talking about true liberation, which we claim we want as a people, because we always talk about, well, they're gonna stop killing us. Well, you know, we learned about white history when we was in school. We learned about how these people stood up to the British. You know, so when are we going to make our mind about what we going to do? You know, we, we learn about that all the time. You know, the Boston Tea Party, the Boston Tea Rides, all this stuff. We learned about all of that, man. These was white men that said they weren't going to accept this treatment for other people, white men. It's clear at this point, it's an epidemic that black life is, is, has no value. You know, it's, I mean, it's, it's it's the sunshine. I can see it clearly. Like I see the sun. I mean, at this point, so we want to we talk about liberation now. We really want that to stop. We really want that to end. It ain't gonna happen in their courts. They keep showing us that. They keep showing us that. So again, that's why I say I, it's not about the courts to me, man. It's about our own narrative. It's about what we want, what we see fitting. That's what we got to develop for ourselves. So that's what, what free people do. People who want to be free, people who want power, people who want oppression to stop, they make decisions for themselves. They don't worry about, you know, how this going to make the person that's oppressing me feel. That shouldn't be your concern. You know, that's like a woman getting raped. Oh, I don't want to hurt his feelings. When I get him up off of raping me, you know, I don't want, I don't want to kick him in his penis too hard. It might not be able to make him be able to reproduce again. You know what? You know, so this, this, you know, as I said, that's a definition that we're gonna have to form for ourselves and be comfortable with whatever decision that we make for ourselves. So, so what is your take when the the the, um, the response to to police terror is um, is what they consider rioting or looting or uh, burning down? You know, our own cities. What 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 is your take on that? What 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 are we missing? Um, or or is there any good? Or or what 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 becomes of that? I mean, riots, for the most part, I believe, are symbolic. You know, and at some point, symbolic things can have some importance. You know what I'm saying? This is just me talking personally. I, but I, I I don't believe in uh, telling black victims how they should respond to white supremacy. I, I flow with the concept of nearly fully with the VGQ. 
you know what I'm saying, that I, I don't have the right to tell a victim of white supremacy how they should respond. So if a victim of white supremacy want to burn the city they live down in, they burn it down. That's their right. You know, that's how they feel. But this whole thing that they're destroying their neighborhood, that ain't their neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? They don't own nothing in it. They don't own Target. They don't own Walmart. They don't own... Now, you say, oh, yeah, that's going to make it harder for them. So now they're going to have to go further to get some groceries. Well, you know, whatever. You know, politically, you know, riots need to be planned. You know, I think this is like Dr. King said, said it best. Riots is the language of the unheard. So if y'all want to see riots go away, you know, <laughs> quit ignoring these people's cries, man. You know, so I'm, I, again, I don't, that whole concept that they're destroying their own neighborhood, it ain't theirs. They don't own that stuff. They don't own those corporations. Especially now with this mass gentrification taking place in so-called black communities, you know what I'm saying? They don't own none of them stores in their neighborhoods or anything. So, you know, in those stores, you know, if they want to keep their stores in their neighborhood, they going to have to start, you know, hey, man, y'all corporations, y'all going to have to start putting some pressure on these people to do right because y'all business get burned down. The business was insured, man. So when it comes to riots, man, you know, me, that's I think that's a personal observation that, you know, any um, you know, a victim, that's whatever they take. Do I believe riots should be organized more? Yeah, I can say that. You know, do I believe that they should be, you know, just like how in Minnesota all them people was, you know, at that target it probably would have been better if they was at that cop's house over Molotovs. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, <laughs> you know, so, I, you know, I believe in the organization of riots, so called riots or rebellion, uprisings, but riots are, I think, when we seek to put riot, I think terminology is proper, has to be properly used. You know, I believe those really were rebellion because those are black people responding to the frustration of police terrorism. You know, a riot is just some people just do for no no reason. They just do it for no nonsense reason. No, that is a response to um, police mistreatment, police terrorism, police murder. That's what that was. It was a response to that. So it wasn't just a riot. It was a rebellion. It was an act of rebellion. You know, but again, man, you know, everybody has their own take on that. But for me personally, I would say they don't own any of that stuff. Those are owned by corporations. And if those people who are victims of white supremacy decided that's what they need to do to get their point across, I don't believe another black person has the right to tell them whether they were right or wrong or not. I wouldn't just say whether they disagree with it or not. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to uh, say those youth. That did that. I'm, I I wouldn't feel morally correct saying that they were wrong. That's just me personally. But you know, because again, I think white supremacy was wrong.